and I give you the memories how. Once you open an account with us, you upload files, photos, videos that are already digitized to our chronomatically insulated servers. If you think you've been hit by a phase, call us and we'll do the rest. Phasings, you know, they're just a part of life. But I really think they make the memories more precious. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we have already done an episode for November because we talked about Dune, but we wanted to do a standard episode where we talk about something adapted. And it happened that there was a short title available because there was a Robert Silverberg short story that was adapted into a 2021 movie. And they're both called Needle in a Time Stack. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, the story is from what? 1966. 1966. Uh, good year. I think my parents got married that year. So oh. uh, if you went back and messed with time, <laughs> you could you could make me not happen. Um, although, or the rest of my sisters. Um, yeah. Uh, so no history with any of this? None. Nope. Yeah. No. Robert Silverberg? I had read Nightwings. And one of his stories that was collected in the first Legends anthology for fantasy. Star Wars Legends? No. Uh, this was uh, all fantasy authors. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And, and you know, Robert Silverberg, science fiction grandmaster. Right. Still alive? I think still alive. S- right? Still alive. Almost yeah. thought about reaching out to him, but he was very uh, particular in several places talking about how retired he was. Ah. And he has, <laughs> he's given us so much over the years, I figured I did not have to pester him. Yes. And there are some opinions of his you can find online about um, this story in, in the book collection that we have mm-hmm. um and uh, i did quickly skim an article uh, talking about the original adaptation of the movie that was a while ago okay well maybe we can get to that um i i'm not sure there's a lot of point in going through story and then movie i think we should just talk about all of it and what's different it's a fairly short story yeah mm-hmm. uh how, how uh could synopsize the story yeah what, what would you say it is james it is it's a beer it's a shot it's a so what did i have what was i drinking hmm. i think a glass of wine there you go. A wine glass. Very okay. appropriate. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. Uh, in yep. La Jolla. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> On the beach. <laughs> yeah, you could have. That's true. This could have. In Yosemite. In Yosemite. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where James has been recently. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so Robert Silverberg, kind of the same for me. I have not read much of his. I've, I've also, well, I listened to Nightwings um, when I had uh, like Audible Plus or whatever. It was in that catalog. Um, so... But not a lot of other experience with with his stuff. I've just seen him referenced by a lot of things, like um, one of the Hugo winners, among others. It's called Among Others. No, okay. Not, not uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, I saw the look and thought, no, I better just <laughs> confirm that. Um, it, the, the main character is a big science fiction and fantasy uh, fan. reader. Yeah, reader. fan. Um, and, you know, talks about world cons and all kinds of stuff. So it's very, very by geeks, for geeks kind of stuff. And she talks about all the different books that she's reading. And she mentioned Silverberg a couple of times. So, yeah. So Robert Silverberg loves time travel stories. And the collection right. I read is a is an assembly of 16 of his various stories. We read. You you read it as well. <laughs> I skimmed it uh, this afternoon. Yep. You did. <laughs> uh, in particular of, int- of in particular interest is the introduction to this story for Needle in a Time Stack where the idea came to him when he was at a con where some fan was bothering him and he said, you know, right. leave me alone, kid, or I'll, <laughs> I'll change your future. And the guy sitting next to him said, oh, you should change his past instead. Yeah. And that was the inception for this story. Mm-hmm. Inception. That's yeah, that was, interesting. That was funny. 
<laughs> That's an interesting uh, <laughs> phrase that you use. <laughs> I, I read it, by the way, in another anthology called The Time Traveler's Almanac, which is massive. Ah. It's like it's like 1,200 pages. Wow. Um, it has a bunch of excerpted works as well. So it's got like a key passage from The Time Machine. And so I was concerned as we were watching uh. today. I was like, I don't remember that in the story. And you guys are both like, you should probably reread the story. <laughs> because I thought maybe it didn't have the full thing in mind because I knew it excerpted some other stuff, but it, it, it ended in the same place. So, okay. Uh, so I think it's the, yeah. the same thing. And just for people who don't want to be spoiled story is 12, 13 pages long. Uh, you you right. can easily read it in one sitting. So what was it? Wine. 20 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I skimmed it. I was oh, just looking enough. for some key right. passages. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you could, I think when I read it originally, it took about a half hour. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, one, one sitting kind of story. So if you don't want to be spoiled, go and yep. read it. We'll needle, wait. Needle in a Tom stack. Yeah. I actually read it and then handed it off to Emily and she read it. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, we get an M rating then. <laughs> yes. And we did. Yes. Was she a fan? Um, we, we should maybe talk about what the story's about and why right. Emily might have opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because normally, <laughs> well, as a so, woman, we, she wouldn't have opinions. Right. But, yeah. Well, yeah, naturally. This, this I, is one of the classic if tropes. If I want your opinion, I give it to you. <laughs> this is one of the classic tropes in all stories. You know, boy <laughs> finds girl, uh, girl divorces boy. Girl hooks up with boy's best friend, and so boy spends all of his family's resources trying to change time to get her back. Right. Right. And it's told from the point of uh, the boy's best friend. So he's he's kind of our protagonist, mm-hmm. and he does not appreciate, you know, someone trying to take his wife away, even mm-hmm. though he she had been married to someone else first. Right. Right. Yeah. And so th- this is another story where time tourism is a thing, right? Like in A Sound of Thunder, mm-hmm. yep. right? But in that, it's very much... Be careful, stay on the path, don't change anything. Where in right. this one, it's like, yeah, you can do, you know, your your tourism and it probably won't really affect anything. Nothing major happens. And the time shifts are just something that is a fact of life. People, everybody has a different tell. Um, and the main mm-hmm. character's tell is he tastes cotton in his mouth, like dry mouth or something. Right. Um, and and then then they quickly when that kind of stuff happens, they'll quickly reassess because there's lingering memories, right? For, for a couple of hours, it takes a while for the new timeline to kind of to uh, settle in, <laughs> settle in. Yeah, yeah. And be permanent. Um, well, another interesting aspect of this that they keep bringing up is you can pretty much pay for anything, do whatever you want. Right. Right. Yeah. Versus uh sound of thunder where I don't yeah. care how much, I mean, it was only rich people. Well, I guess either way, it's only rich people. All, all I'm saying is I but, want a, a huge crossover between this movie, A Sound of Thunder, and Time Cop. And, and Time Cop. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. We're the time police. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, the difficulty is that within a few hours, all memories of the original timeline have been erased. And so it's right. very difficult to prove what they call time crime. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so so anyhow, the, like like Colin said, right, the, the plot here is you have the main character who's married to Janine, who and they've been married a while. They have a couple of kids. They have a yep. cat. And a dog. Dog. Was there a dog in dog. the book? There's not a dog in the book. <laughs> no, there's no. Because um, <laughs> I just checked. Right. Because <laughs> I was curious. Um, and they suspect that her ex-husband has been going back to change time to try and get back together with her because he regrets that they broke up. And th- this guy's personality, his name is Tommy, is to, he doesn't go on, he doesn't go to Troy. He doesn't go to ancient Egypt. He, right. he goes back in his own personal time and makes little tweaks mm-hmm. uh, to, and it says even like to, to just to make his life more perfect. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, uh, I didn't think he was nearly OCD about his timeline <laughs> in the movie as he was in this book. Mm-hmm. No, he was way more casual. <laughs> yeah. Way more casual yeah. about it. But I got the impression in the movie though, that he didn't really jaunt a whole lot as 
much as in the book either. Okay, here we go. The purpose of Tommy Hamilton's time travel, it seemed, was to edit his past to make his life more perfect. He went back to eliminate every little contretemp and faux pas to recover fumbles to take advantage of the new opportunities that hindsight provides, to retouch, to correct, to amend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Obsessive. And obsessive, right. and it's it's one of those privileges of his position, being super rich. Mm-hmm. So, I know people that go back and scrub their audio obsessively too. It's just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> those, those, you can't trust those guys. No. <laughs> uh, I try and do it in such a way that it's not noticeable. But <laughs> <laughs> Did you hook up the pitch corrector to me this time? No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. So Emily's take on this one, because, uh, because yes. basically the women in this story are treated as possessions of the men. She, uh, her, she, uh, she said it was very Mad Men. <laughs> and so when I told yeah. her it was published in Playboy, she was like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess we didn't mention that, did we? That no. it was published in Playboy. Yeah. Um, Although Silverberg was massively uh, productive in his earlier years. Mm-hmm. And then you know, eventually started slowing down a little bit. But I think at one point he was creating a short story per month. Wow. wow. And did that while he was in college full time. Hmm. And then he sent it to the editors. They came back with suggestions. Then he jaunted to the past to make those suggestions. <laughs> Everybody was like, wow, first draft. This is, this is incredibly polished. Yes. <laughs> that could be useful in college. True. Like you bomb a test and you just <laughs> jaunt quickly to the past. That's what it is. It's the new Stanford scandal, you know, uh, with what's her face from, uh, from uh, Full House. You know, instead instead of paying people to get your daughter into Stanford, you just have her take a test, and then you use your massive resources to send her back in time to get the answers right until she gets it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in this, if your past is altered, all your records are altered, and so like if you mm-hmm. have a family photo album of your wife and kids and that kind of stuff, and then a time shift happens and you're married to somebody else, well, then your photo album is filled right. with pictures of your new family. Right. And you just have those fleeting memories. And then people just c- kind of go, yeah, okay. I mean, yep. the new one's it okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I guess, guess we'll just roll with it. Um, <laughs> well, and in a couple hours, you won't remember differently anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. It was just kind of a way of life. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why I think the story actually crosses over into horror. Yeah. When, when you talk about ripping away someone's children and causing them not to exist anymore, when you talk about mm-hmm. you know having your wife taken away from you, yeah. all these right. things, that's that's – Definitely horror. Yeah. All the horrible possible side effects of time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My problem with it is I just feel, I feel like the women are kind of possessions of the men. And that's, that's the mm-hmm. way this all works. It's all about these men. And, and not that this isn't, doesn't have a history in either history or fiction, um, because you have a lot of things where it's men fighting over women because right. they're, they're stupid. Oh, yeah. So you don't have a problem with the classism though. <laughs> Well, there is classism there too, right? Yeah. Because because the rich people can do whatever, the hell do whatever they want. They want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why. Kind of reminded me of Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a little bit. Let's critique on America or whatever. Of capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. But like the consent issues with going back in time to manipulate events essentially so that you can you can get with them. It's the Groundhog Day problem. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you if you have infinite retries right. with a girl, eventually you're going to find the right words to get her into bed. She doesn't know she's not really consenting to that because she rejected you 99 times before the 100th time finally worked. Uh, but it's it's icky. Right. Yeah. So similar kind of things here. Um, Hence Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was thinking about how much worse like the Civil War lost cause people and uh, the election mm-hmm. was stolen people would be if 
we knew that time could be manipulated. <laughs> oh, they'd wow. Be like, uh, they'd be like, uh, you know, they, no, the 2000 election, oh, know, yeah. the hanging chads and that kind of stuff. I mean, people already believe that elections are manipulated, but not that way, right? Yeah. Oh, via time travel? Mm-hmm. No, right. not yet. But they haven't not come yet. up with that one yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll be coming up soon. Yeah. So like you, like you um, hinted at, Colin, there, at some point- the guy succeeds, right? First he succeeds and that their their wedding date is like five months later. Where right. They, they mm-hmm. remember uh, summer wedding, but really they got married in February. Right. Um, but they both remember and they're both like, mm, okay, that's not that big of a deal, but uh, maybe we should prosecute this guy, but where's the proof? And then eventually he succeeds completely and she's now married to Tommy instead yep. of married to Nick. And she just kind of goes, you know, I, I guess this is just what it is. I'm married to Tommy now and our kids don't exist, but you know, go on with your life. <laughs> yeah. Continue <laughs> on. Surprising. What about Gus and Max? Poor cats. Or Minabel. Or Minabel. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, as a response to that, Nick goes back in time and re- realizes that there might've been a different path that he could set Tommy on to keep him from ever being married to Janice. Is it Janice? Janine. 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 Yeah. yeah. And so he goes back and does his little jaunt. And then everybody's happily ever after. Although then he comes back and they're not married. Right. And, but they end up meeting, right? And it's like both of them have some inkling that they have a connection. Yeah. Right at the end. Because she's like, I, have we met before? And and he says, oh, it's a long story. Which I'm like, how does he remember any of that story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because essentially he goes back in time, breaks up with his current girlfriend that he thinks Tommy will get with. And then writes himself a note and says, get over your girlfriend quick <laughs> and just deal with it. <laughs> and, wait. and wait. Yeah. And wait. I mean, there's some problems with this story just, just because of some of the consent issues and, and that kind of stuff. And it's written by an old white, white guy. It's not that surprising that there's perhaps some problematic elements. The women don't really have agency. Well, it was written 50 years ago. Yeah. So one, if that, yeah, if that story was written today, you, you could say, you know, it was written by a, an old white guy. Right. It wasn't written by an old white guy. Right. It was written by a middle-aged <laughs> white guy to a very popular audience. And yeah, this yeah. kind of fiction was par for the course, so to yeah. say, right? right. I, very common. I do think that that's a good point. Because I've, I've been thinking about this because I've been talking with somebody about doing a, uh, an interview about, about my other podcast about reading from the different times and what's that like. And one thing that I think is it's not always fair to judge old fiction against our current values and and the way we see things, right? The way society has changed. And it's very appropriate to look at something and go, okay, seen from the lens of today, that seems very regressive. Right. Mm-hmm. But look at it in terms of, you know, where it was in the current society and might actually be progressive for that time. And, and uh, the, the, um, Somebody, one of my guests on there has a, had a term for that vintage woke, <laughs> or like <laughs> vintage some, woke. something that was progressive for the time, but now we see it as regressive. Um, but it's, it's fair to credit it for being That's funny. what it was. Um, this one, you know, I don't, I don't know. This is very much in the spirit uh, of classic uh, yeah. Trek, right? The way, right. the way female characters were treated on classic Trek, yes. right? I just can't get used to a woman on the bridge. Like, Really? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> just wear a miniskirt and shriek. You yeah. got your part. Yes. As Dak said, yeah. the women wore less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say for back then, it was very typical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But compared to all the other stuff we've seen back then too, mm-hmm. like the fly and like- Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All the stuff. Yeah. And it's it's always Emily's like common criticism from all the old science fiction videos. <laughs> she, yeah. she always balks at the sexism. <laughs> yeah. She can't blame her. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you, I guess we didn't talk about if we enjoyed the story. 
<laughs> I think so, I did. I, I first thought, you know, this is this is a time travel story. Yeah. Um, I'm 50. I've read a lot of time travel. I've watched a lot of time travel. I'm not right. going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I read many of the of the books of the the short stories in that collection, and I learned a lot about mm. the potential damages and things about about time travel. Mm. And I'm going to talk some more about that when we get to the movie. But I mean, no, I mean, it was awful. I mean. I, I love my wife and my kids. I would yeah. be horrified to know that <laughs> one, I could lose them in a moment's notice and then never know or care about them again because they never existed. Right. So, I, I mean, it was, it's great science fiction. Yeah. Really good science fiction. Yeah. But man, I don't like the message. Mm-hmm. I don't like the story uh-huh. and I don't want that to happen. I was thinking one of the interesting things in here to think about is like the contingency of relationships. Like, like I can think of if I was five minutes earlier to chemistry lab, <laughs> I probably end up with a different lab partner than oh, like, yeah. than my wife. Oh, and we we lived in the same building, but if we didn't establish that friendship, then right. um, because she realized I knew what I was talking about, and she didn't know because she, she'd never had high school chemistry, right? And so you know we, we were given this sheet, and you know you do this this molarity and that, and I was like, oh yeah, I know how to do this, and so I was I was valuable to her. <laughs> <laughs> and I helped her with her homework a bit. And so even though, like, I always tell this story, we met in chemistry lab, and then she dropped the class, which was true. She did drop the class, but it was a couple of weeks later when she realized, no, I can't cut this. I need to take a take a more remedial class before I get to Are you sure it wasn't because of you? It could have been. Uh, I didn't dress very well back then. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, the, the contingency of that, and and like, what if I didn't go to the same college? Right. If I didn't go to the same college, I never meet her. Right. Um, and it's it's the weird kind of stuff to think about. Or Or if you ever, like... I remember having a dream one time that we had had a kid and then I woke up and we didn't have any kids because right. we hadn't had any yet. Oh, wow. And not and a recent dream, not a recent dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, so then I've, I've looked back and I'm like, was that kid Ethan? I don't, I don't know. Was it like a glimpse of the future or something? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, just was like, a big blonde strapping lad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like you meeting Kathy, how did it happen? You don't have to tell us the whole story, but well, like, it actually happened a couple times. Mm. So, uh, I marched next to her on the marching band field okay. and I thought she was kind of this, you know, cute freshman flute player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tell the story so that there's nothing, shouldn't be anything embarrassing about it, but I was actually trying to date a friend of hers <laughs> and I would, I would go upstairs and hang out with her. And then Kathy would come over 10 minutes later and then the girl would walk out of her room and mm-hmm. she'd be gone the whole rest of the evening and we would study yeah. and talk and play cards. Mm-hmm. And I just started spending more and more time with Kathy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things was, uh, she almost became a professional juggler and did not go to college. And then she changed her mind. Mm-hmm. And I had just that summer learned how to, no, a couple summers back had learned how to juggle. So we started doing some juggling together. So she taught me juggling and mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. just spent more and more time together. And I realized, mm-hmm. you know, what an awesome person she is. I mean, she was beautiful and smart mm-hmm. and wonderful. And did uh, you become better at juggling your classes? Actually, that that term, I, I had a I had twenty one credits and I had a four point, so I, I did oh, very nice. well. Wow! Well, there you go. See, thank you, Kathy. Yes, she was awesome. <laughs> so basically, like if you had kept trying to pursue the friend, maybe nothing ever comes of it. Yeah, but if yeah. if she had decided to pursue her juggling career instead of going to school, hmm. or if uh, she'd been in a different dorm, hmm. or if we hadn't first bumped right. into each other on the marching band field to get right. that first like, oh, I recognize you mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah. What What about you? Was there, is there like a fine point at which you and Emily never happen, or was it destined? Is it a circle? It is it a circle? <laughs> Our love is like a circle. Because <laughs> we didn't, we met in church, <laughs> and your family's your friends, right? Our family's church, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
probably uh, a little more certain. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to think, uh, maybe if that hadn't happened. Yeah, because then I wouldn't have known her. So, there you yeah. Go. That'd be the one event. If maybe if you'd gone into the army instead uh, of the navy. Then then she's like, oh, I don't know, army guys. Army pukes. Jugheads. Yeah. Jarheads. There you go. Oh, that's Marines anyway, but... So anyway, I, I thought that was interesting just to think about like, the, and in the book or the, the story talks about it, the movie talks about it, about, mm-hmm. you know, you get to get together with somebody and there's a ripple effect that when you get together with that person, then they don't get together with perhaps somebody else. else. Right. Um, it's just <laughs> the whole notion of like possessing that person. Uh, she's mine. Yeah. She's mine. And, yeah. and she will be mine, you know, and it's a classic movie villain thing, right? Uh, if I can't have her, no one will. Right. I mean, that in, even like in Tenet, right? Recently, oh, you, hmm. wait, you've only watched part of it. You you watch far enough to meet Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Um, uh, do we want to talk about the movie? There was something else you mentioned that I just I wanted to circle back around about um, if I can't have her, nobody. Oh, can. one of the there's a stopgap, <laughs> and that is they met through Tommy, so you can't just go and erase Tommy right. or bend him over out of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. That'd be a different way to approach things, I suppose. <laughs> um, Colin's recovering from surgery. Yeah, I'm recovering from surgery. I haven't had opioids in three days, so I should be just fine, theoretically. <laughs> All right. Uh, turn your head and cough, and then continue. Oh, coughing is bad. <laughs> okay. Coughing is bad. <laughs> you almost took me out today when we were laughing at it. I can't remember what the joke was, but it was quite funny. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Tommy's protected because he's the one that connects them together. And so right. she's afraid right. of, of Nick going back and doing anything, which will prevent them from ever knowing one another. Right. And that's exactly what Nick does when he loses her anyway mm-hmm. in the, in the vain loses her hope that um, they'll get back together somehow. And right. Right. In the story, at least they do. Yeah. I kept thinking of ways Presumably. he could get away with actually going back in time and killing him, but then again, that wouldn't work because then they would never meet. Right. Right. Well, yeah. unless they conspired to kill him together. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so <laughs> time the, the story does not show them getting back together. It just shows them meeting again and, and kind of having that intuition that, that there's something mm-hmm. there. Right. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm always looking for the happy ending, so I probably read into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That they would get back together. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it seemed like the logical conclusion to me as well. Mm-hmm. Not just you. <laughs> so the movie... Uh, we, we noticed that the production company was Pacific Northwest Productions or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was filmed in Vancouver, BC, because yeah. it's cheap. Um, stars Leslie Odom Jr. and Cynthia Erivo. I actually don't know how to pronounce her name. I was looking it up. but I, I think it is. I read the Wikipedia entry, and mm-hmm. as you read the phonics, I think it's Erivo. Okay. I think. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Right. And, um, and Frida Pinto and... Um, Orlando Bloom is Tommy. Orlando Bloom yeah. is Tommy. That's right. And he is a lovely looking man, I have to say, as a straight dude. It's a good looking dude. <laughs> He's aged well, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't initially recognize him actually in that little screenshot there was on the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's Orlando Bloom. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first thing that I've seen Cynthia Erbo in with her actual accent. Everything else, she's been American. Oh, wow. So That's cool. Oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mentioned this, but she was picked to play the role of Elphaba in Wicked that's coming out on, right. uh, on as a movie. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie. It was filmed in 2018. Right. And then has been in post-production since then, which it's, you hear so about development Post-production for three, well, probably not three, two plus years. <laughs> yeah. It, because it just came out. Um, that's crazy. And, and like a lot of editing that went on with it. And I don't know, you know, if they had to do, it didn't, I didn't see anything about reshoots or anything. It's just like they were trying to find the film in there mm-hmm. and they found something 
<laughs> it's it's not really well received. It's about fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Thirty four percent. I think oh, it was like okay. four point. Audience score was fifty percent. Was reviewer okay. score was thirty four percent. Some people thought you know that it was deeply moving with a lot of. Uh, insight about the nature of relationships and right. like we were talking about who who do you love and how yeah mm-hmm. um uh what can i say about it? i can say that it is it is really canonical mm-hmm. i mean there are canonical elements that are lifted yeah. right from the book um i don't think it's down to the point of dialogue but all the characters are maintained mm-hmm. they talk about the the little things like you know the, the cat you know whether you went from a dog owner to a cat owner mm-hmm. well yeah they didn't maintain the cat characters but. no but they, they they kept pets <laughs> in view right yeah, yeah. so yeah. Th- there were little changes that were happening all the time as tommy was trying things to pull them apart mm-hmm. and you know eventually you know he found something that works i i take issue at the special effects because they didn't need to be there the oh, whole the, the time wave kind the, of thing the time wave like a tidal wave coming through and it mm. literally looks like a tidal wave yeah um right yeah i mean i would have just loved if you know he had gone yeah, I think I yeah. feel like they could have done something where they zoom in on him or pan, you know, like yeah, zoom in on him and mm-hmm. you can see if there's facial features that he's getting caught in mouth and there's something happening. Yeah, I I think and maybe you see it, it and have it come up in dialogue later with Janine, mm-hmm. and that would establish the that would establish the phasing, and then also mm-hmm. establish that it kind of affects people differently, right? Instead of everybody having a bloody nose, <laughs> did it show everybody having bloody noses? I, I, it showed him, and well, you know, he, she, she had one, he had one. Okay. I guess it depend. It didn't seem in the movie anyway, especially for the first time time phase that yeah. it, it it was apparent that everybody in the boardroom saw it or felt it. Yeah, but but not everybody was affected. Not everybody was affected. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. The nosebleed thing is like, at this point, a tired science fiction trope about, you know, yeah. using your abilities, like all the way back to Firestarter yep. right. um, and, and Stranger Things and, and yeah. many other places, even on, like on uh, Heroes, right? When Matt Parkman would be trying yep. really hard to read somebody's <laughs> mind, his, his nose right. would start bleeding. So it's like easy shorthand rather than, than having him do the, the mouth thing, right? Lazy. You can't even make yourself do the mouth thing, can you? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I feel like it was, I I like it was a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> a little lazy, and it, and it didn't affect. Not all the time phases affect everybody. Why would they? Yeah. Right. Right. And so, if you have the giant tidal wave coming through the boardroom, affecting everybody in the boardroom, right. it would have been more interesting to have it only affect him. And then he's like, you know, kind of zonked yeah. out for that five minutes, and everybody around him is like, "Are you okay, dude?" Or something like yeah. that. You know. And he's like, "Oh, time shift." Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> you fall asleep in a meeting. People are like, "Hey, wake up!" And I'm like, "Sorry, it was time, time shift." Time shift. And he's totally. <laughs> okay. was, wasn't that the meeting was super boring? Yeah. I did like <laughs> the, trust the, me, Chrono Bismol. He's <laughs> I love it. Nice. <laughs> you had that one in your quiver the whole time? <laughs> Try not to laugh, Colin, it hurts. Try not to. <laughs> That's a good one. I just thought of it. <laughs> That's the and now you're title. paying the price. Oh, I'm paying the price. I did like that. You show him, Nick, in a meeting, like three or four different times, and it's the exact same meeting every oh, time. Oh, right, yeah. right. And, and that is a very true... Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Thing yeah. of, of corporate meetings. <laughs> we all need to consider the consequences of our actions and the yeah. downstream ramifications of what things we may do or may not choose to do. And <laughs> yes, that's usually me that does that kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah, the they don't consider ramifications of their actions in corporate America. Right, <laughs> they were so concerned, was trying to figure out if they could do it. They didn't stop to think if they should. Right. So, so overall thoughts on the movie? It's kind of a slog. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about two hours long, I think. 150, 149, okay. 151. Yeah. 
uh, it, it yeah. it's boring. You know, yeah, it, it is. I was trying, I mean, the, the short story is nice and short. You're mm-hmm. in, you're out, you're there. Adapting that into a full feature length movie requires 80 extra pages of Stephen King quality content. Right. 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 And there were some innovations they made to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was the side story about his sister and that, you know, she went back in time. Right. But then they broke mm-hmm. the trope because she remembered and she's not supposed to remember that she changed the time stream because the time stream changed and her girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Well, but she would have a personal memory of going back in time. Otherwise there'd be a paradox, right? So she, she would have the personal memory that she did. There's that. always a paradox. Yeah. yeah. That's what time travel doesn't exist. The, <laughs> I, yeah. I liked some of the innovations, right? I liked the, the notion that, um, the, the, uh, what was it called? Um, pass protect. Oh my goodness. Oh, right. Yes. Um, our, our chronomatic. Which I totally call as a scam because you got yeah. screwed with it in the, in the end well, anyway. That reminded me of in the flash. Um, at some point there's a character who's come back from the future and she's changing the past, but she right. has a journal where she's written in this code that automatically, that stays the same regardless of changes to the time stream. Like, because because it's it's like an advanced future thing that she's well, able to do. Oh well, sure, why um, not? <laughs> you know that would be that'd be really nice. If advanced future time proof code, right? right time proof right. code, yeah. Um, <laughs> chronomatically protected servers, right? Um, chronomatically isolated. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, obviously, I could tell that the filmmakers were going for a circle metaphor um, because you you have right. I think at least three times you hear the whole monologue. Yeah. Of, well, they start of, off with it. They start off with it, yeah. and then you hear a longer version of it, and then you hear the shorter version again. Right. Right and, before she goes away. Right. And then then you have that. I think visually yeah. what they were going for with because what happens is his time gets changed. He goes back to the past protect place and says, "My wife's gone. I need my stuff." And they're like, "I'm sorry, we've lost everything. You can get your refund." <laughs> um, and then then eventually they call him after he's adjusted to the new timeline, and being married to Alex instead of. Uh, Janine, he, they tell him we, we, we got something and it's just a little fragment. And I think that is supposed to kind of be a visual representation, representation of the needle and time stack. It's just the one little fragment of, of time. Mm. Um, I, I, I think if you ask the filmmakers, I'm, I think that's what they were going for. That's what I got from it. Um, yeah. Where that's the needle. That. But, and that's, that's enough to kind of make him think, okay, no. there's something, something's mm. wrong here. After he had adjusted and, you know, romanced his wife a little bit and his Wait, new, so new what's wife. your theory on what the needle is in the story then? Oh. Uh, I, I don't know that there is one, but, oh. but I think I think just kind of making a movie based on that, that story with that name, yeah. I think they, okay. they wanted to have that. I thought the needle was him looking for the event that would actually fix it. <laughs> that could be. That could <laughs> be. For Tommy? For Tommy and uh, for Nick. For Nick. Yeah, but Nick, yeah. Nick is one and done. He goes back, breaks up with his girlfriend. Yeah, because he has a really good magnet to find that needle in the haystack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tommy's magnet sucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that that was for me. That's why I kind of thought the needle was was an event that would provide the solution you're looking for, whether it was Tommy or Nick or whatever. So I think one one of the things, even though I don't really like the movie, I I like that they humanized Tommy a little more. Yeah. And they did that. Mm -hmm. And and this this is where they got the female viewpoint in there a little more where they, where they had a character with some empathy for him in Alex. Right. Um, and so I thought that was nice character development for her. It's Yvonne in the story, but Alex, well, they changed Janine too a little bit in that, right. She was yeah. kind of defending Tommy. Right. Too. She was, she, yeah. she had some sympathy for him as well, right. but they also made him not just be a complete jerk ass, uh, right. even though he's doing this stuff. And it's just like, he, I mean, 
it's hard to uh, to be an apologist for rich people, right? And, and she kind of does that to him, and he's like, seriously? Yeah. And she's like, no, I mean, like, not knowing if people like you because of your money or if they like you for you. And like, I mean, that's, it's rich people problems, I guess. Um, First and, world problems. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but But it does humanize him a little bit. And like, it talked about how they were friends. It talked about it in the story as well. But like, I can't get to the end of the story and think that they're really friends. <laughs> Because right. of all the stuff that he did, even though he did it in the other one, but but somehow he's just, I don't know, he's a little more likable. Maybe it's just Orlando Bloom. It's Maybe just have a man Orlando crush. Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> it's your man crush. Could be. <laughs> yeah, but they end his story differently. They talk about how his life changed, how Alex really kind of you know encouraged him to go off and kind of strike off things on his own, where in, in the previous timeline, right, he, right. he really was. That's the Inception <laughs> thing, because we, you, yep. you mentioned Inception, right? That's yeah. the whole point, is trying to get Killian Murphy to break off from and not inherit his father's companies. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny. yeah. And I mean, the story <laughs> has it there, too, where like he doesn't do the time jaunting anymore. Like he, he uses it for normal tourism kind of stuff with, with his new right. wife. Right. But, you know, you could easily spin this story a third way where Tommy is the guy trying to get his wife back because he knows he has screwed up and he's trying to do it. And he's willing to do it at all costs, Mm -hmm. including the cost of losing his good friend, Nick. Yeah. And I I think it's that perspective that the movie brings out Mm. because it talks about their friendship and, you know, Nick goes back in time and goes, hey, you know, we're good friends. And I just want you to know that me and Alex aren't working out and that she really seems to like you. And I know you like her. And if it isn't working out between us, I want you guys to be happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the back of my head, I'm I'm knowing. And that way he has a chance of eventually getting Janine, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, every time something happens, they lose more time together. They lost their family. They lost five months of their wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I'm hopping between story and movie, but yeah, just the costs seem large. Yeah, I never even liked cats. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other, the other thing is like the the notion that somehow Nick messing with the past makes Tommy a happier person, right? Because it's not that the actions of a happy person are not going back and trying to correct his mistakes and trying to get his wife back right and and so i somehow like that that works on his character a little bit too and in both the story and the movie where it's like he was obsessed with this one thing and he had an obsessive personality but being with the right person who ended up being alex or yvonne um made it so he was all of a sudden not he's content right and where he was not contented before Mm -hmm. um the movie the the ending of the movie is a little more ambiguous than than the book um, yeah. in the story the, because it doesn't even have them really meet but the movie right. establishes the if you just saw me even if you hadn't met me would you still love me but it's, it's got that and so that's the paying that off at the end right? yeah although when he walks out the door and then reaches back and grabs the frame I'm like mm-hmm. why didn't you just turn around again suddenly why why <laughs> why do you grab the frame what does mm-hmm. that signify and, and there's one other thing I, there's, I there's, wonder there's about. something something in his mind telling him don't leave this room that's that's I think that's what that's symbolizing yeah so this 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 movie was critically panned. Yeah. Right? I mean, 34% is not a good score. Mm-mm. We've we've watched worse. We'll probably <laughs> watch worse <laughs> in the future. As, as I've said, we have plumbed the depths of the tomato, tomato meter. Yeah. But what, what convinces uh, highly skilled actors like Orlando Bloom and Leslie Odom Jr. and Cynthia Erivo mm-hmm. and Frida Pinto to become involved with this? Well, I think... Your answer probably lies in that two plus years of post-production stuff. No, but but it's 2018, right? right? So how you have to get them attracted? Yeah, but 
to we're, the movie. We're seeing the we're watching the final product, not what was messed with a million times by the studio. Oh, but who know who did the messing? Yeah. We just know it was edit under editing for like a year to a year and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I would have been in, I mean, it's always the gripe at Fox Studios and Taurus for this, right? Ruining superhero movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm just I'm thinking along along those lines is who could have been something maybe completely different before they post product it. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, you got a good point with they're they're attracting you know a list peoples. Why wasn't this a better movie? Yeah, <laughs> that just makes me wonder. I'm I'm curious if the answer lies in the post production well, like, process. Okay, so we've done this before, right? Not not a real good movie. How do how would you fix it? I mean, for me, like the pacing is way off. It's yeah, it's, it's like yeah. sad sad Leslie Odom Jr. for three quarters right. of this movie. And, and yeah. I mean, it's a quiet movie. It's not dialogue heavy. I usually appreciate that if mm-hmm. it's not just like pans across rooms for no reason. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, you were saying you could have eliminated, what, 20 minutes or 40 yeah. minutes of panning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all the I, – I, I kept pointing out the circles, you know, because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a little heavy-handed with the metaphor of the circle. Right. And, and it's not working for me. Yeah. So I, I think didn't they were really, going for that, but I didn't like I didn't really it. get the point of it. Yeah. Except maybe the eternity of love or something, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you always I guess that's what they're going speeches for. Speeches at weddings about rings, right. right? And rings. Yeah. Exactly. Probably explore the the time jumping thing a little bit more. I feel like it wasn't really well established as a societal norm. How do you get people interested in this kind of a script? Right. Does right. it? You know. Does, is it a mark? I mean, it was. I can't yeah. believe it's a mark on a contract where they said I have to do five films and this gets me out of one because it's completely independently done. Right. Uh, there had to be something that interested all these people, and yet yeah. critics did not enjoy it. We did not enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's I, I think everybody goes mm-hmm. into a movie thinking this is going to be great. You know, there there, there are right. things where you hear from people who are like, yeah, I was like you said, just doing this because I was under contract to do three films for this studio. Right. But this right. is this not is a major not a, studio thing. Yeah, not a big studio. So this is a passion project for somebody that lacked some passion. So then maybe we're missing something. Is there some artistic interpretation of this that... We don't We don't watch art movies. <laughs> we do watch art movies. We watch 2000. You like Annihilation. That's, yeah, that's true. Movie. That's a good so. point. Arrival and other... Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. I, was thinking, I was thinking of Colin. Colin doesn't watch art movies. Mm-hmm. No, I don't watch that. I don't enjoy <laughs> yeah. art movies. But I, I yeah, it, it's so canonical. I right. want to redeem it somehow. Yeah. And right. I don't know how, if, how do you increase the pacing? Yeah. Well, well that's well, that's what I was thinking is if, I guess, uh, as if they could have explored the whole time Jonathan thing more and yeah. packed more content into the movie instead of panning for well, half an hour. And the other thing is, you know, <laughs> it, like it's easy to look at a movie that's that's pretty canonical and look at the stuff that was added and go, well, that's what the problem, that's where the problem was, right? But I, like, I liked all right. the stuff with the sister. I thought she was a good person to have him bounce off of. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I actually liked all of that. I, you know, I kind of liked the plot point of the, whatever, the past protect place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. That was funny. And I, yeah. I loved how they... <laughs> You know, in the short story, uh, as soon as he comes back, he knows something is wrong. And so before his memory fades, he goes and does a jaunt. Right. Right. In the, in the movie, there's a long period of time where he accepts the current reality. And then he gets the message from Time Save. And then Alex talks about how much uh, Tommy got them together. Right. Is that what that was? 
And so I think that that brought all those seeds of doubt back to the forefront until Mm -hmm. the point where he decides I'm going to go back and I'm going to get you and Tommy together. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I have to wait and see what happens. It took way too long for him to go back in time to get Alex and Tommy together. I'm like, your memory's only supposed to last two or three hours. It's been established several times in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to establish rules, you need to follow them. Although that would sort of screwed me up with Zoe. I'm like, rule was broken i mm-hmm. guess <laughs> well okay so so here's here's i think a major problem in trying to adapt this really really canonically right if you take away his kids everything is much more urgent and he probably never does the thing where he mm-hmm. he warms up to his new reality with alex because you're missing your kids you're you're going to do anything you can to to you know like i said memento when we were talking about right. during the movie because we were bored <laughs> right. um, you know, tattoo put a tattoo on yourself that you know i i used to have two kids and a cat yeah. um but that would fade too the tattoo would yeah all in theory you, yeah in the, in the story it talks about how you could even write stuff down and that will fade right. with time too and because how the hell the past present work <laughs> It's quantum, quantum something, (laughs) quantum something, something. Chronomatically isolated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. Somehow I think, I think that would drive more urgency to it, but then you wouldn't be able to take the pace that you had in the movie. And that, that, since the pacing is. I'm okay with that. that I think it was terrible anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But then you probably miss out on some of the character development for Tommy. Eh. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure how to fix it. Yeah. I'm not a screenwriter, not a filmmaker, so. Well, and then there's a question: we, Can we can fix? Can we fix it so that we like it, or can we fix it through fix it so that critics like it? Right. Um, anytime, yeah. Anytime science fiction becomes more introspective and slow, uh, you lose more and more audience. Yeah, but I mean, like Midnight Mass, yeah. right? Very, very introspective and slow, right? And 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 told across a longer amount of time, and so that that lets you kind of get into the rhythm of it. Yeah. Um, but you can you can do it. There's there's plenty of slowish movies that you know are enjoyable yeah i guess there's that slow reveal where you know they kind of know that it's tommy up front mm-hmm. but you know maybe may you make tommy a true villain and he starts dropping hints that he's done it. like because they met him mm-hmm. once in the story yeah right. and um he ends up washing their car at the end like biff tannen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know not sure how to fix it no yeah hey, i'm not sure how to find this needle <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah, I still want to believe it's possible to adapt it into something that's well received and popular, but yeah. I don't know. Anything else to say about this one? I don't think so. No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. We should rank them. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Short story movie. Okay. Short story movie. Yeah, I, I think I have to go short story movie as well. I was I was thinking of going movie just because I liked some of the innovations of it, but not enough innovations. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where sometimes when you, I didn't love either of them. I thought the the story was fine. Mm. I thought the movie was not not good, but. Short story shorter. So we'll go with that. <laughs> there are those pieces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so that's it. Um, so for next time, we're talking about doing something for Christmas and we, we haven't completely landed on it. Uh, but the possibilities at this point are we just talk about the new uh, Christmas Carol musical. I can't find it. You can't find it? I can't find it anymore. Yeah. Is it not going to be broadcast somewhere? I don't know. Okay. Well, then the other thing we could do is there's a new movie coming out on HBO Max called 8-Bit Christmas about one kid's obsessive search or attempt to get a Nintendo back in the late <laughs> 80s. And uh, this is something that, uh, or maybe I guess nice. mid-80s. Um, I've already started reading it and, and it's already, it's like, uh, it's just nostalgia for me just because I remember being that kid. 
<laughs> so, um, I th- I think it's a quick read. It, it's it's something like three hundred pages, but it, it's going by fast. So we could do that. It's available on Kindle Unlimited if you get your thirty day trial. Hmm. Then then we could do that. For now, that we want to tentatively plan that, and then if something else comes up, we we do oh, that. Yeah. This one sounds yeah. cool. You and, said you uh, had the book, right? It's not science fiction, oh. but it is Christmas. So uh, I have an idea for January. Oh, lay it on us. It turns out that the Running Man, uh, there was a lawsuit against it claiming plagiarism for a completely different adapted work. Really? There was a Robert Sheckley story called Ooh. The Prize of Peril, which was adapted to a German movie and a French movie. And the French movie sued The Running Man and won, huh. claiming huh. that they had just taken the premise directly from their movie <laughs> and used that instead. And it was found, it was so similar, it was found to be in violation. Adapted? Yeah, from a oh, Robert, Robert Sheckley. That's right. Yeah. I think I have a collection of Robert Sheckley stories. Was he the 10th victim? Was that yeah, the 7th victim, yep. I guess? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Standard ebook has a collection of his, which contains the story in question. Okay. But trying to find the German and the French movies. Yeah. So that, it's a, it's a nice idea. I like it. But yeah. um, mm. let's... Uh, We'll let you know uh, around the Christmas episode if we're going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I'm not opposed to watching some foreign cinema. Yeah. yeah. There's always Die Hard too. <laughs> it, it, it is it's another, adapted. It is adapted. Christmas. It's just not, it's not in the uh, <laughs> detective series that the, the previous one was. Oh, that's was. true. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's adapted from a completely separate thing. And so is, Which um, is so weird. <laughs> Die Hard 3, I think. So we're wrapped. We're, yep. you, bless us. Okay. I will, I will bless us and, and then we will move on. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving if uh, you're listening to this around that time in the U.S. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. So, uh, may the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. Bye, everybody. 15 minutes. Depends on, well, so if there's any time phases, though. I don't know that our (laughs) podcast is chronometrically isolated or whatever it was. Chronomatically chronomatically isolated. isolated. Uh, I mean, at least not in the uh, economy class. <laughs> no. Oh, no, I guess that was the time the time jumping. Oh, that was the time. So, yeah, uh, what the hell is economy class jaunting? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, it was a kind of a lounge chair, right? But, but you didn't get alcohol. <laughs>